Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. This game last night between the Warriors and the Raptors left us with so many different subplots, so many different overall questions to ask. I mean, it was a season wrapped into a single game. I think, first of all, the number one story by far, even though we still don't know who's going to win the NBA championship, is the Kevin Durant injury. Multiple reports late last night that the Warriors anticipate that Kevin Durant has torn his right Achilles tendon. Uh, That would be an injury that uh, would keep him out for all of next season that would throw the entire NBA uh, free agency into an uproar. Because all of these different teams that have been trying to clear space to have room to sign multiple free agents have got really difficult decisions to make. Because the expectation has to be that Kevin Durant now is out for an entire year. And I think the Golden State Warriors, putting it simply, have to pay Kevin Durant his max contract I'm not sure how many years he wants to opt in for. I'm not sure whether they want to sign him to a longer-term deal. But whatever decision Kevin Durant was thinking about making, I think this probably solidifies that he's going to stay in the Bay Area. Now, maybe there is a team or teams out there that would still sign Kevin Durant, even though he has to sit out for a year. And it might be a year and a half until he's back to the same player that he was a month ago before this injury. But this is a devastating injury, not just for Kevin Durant and not just for the Warriors and his teammates, but also for the NBA in terms of resetting the overall power dynamic of the league and just the drama that would have come from free agency 
had Kevin Durant been an unrestricted free agent. So that's big picture question for the league in the wake of the Kevin Durant injury. Also, the Warriors are going to have to answer a lot of really challenging questions about whether they correctly diagnosed the injury to Kevin Durant that happened when his right calf strain allegedly occurred a month ago. Maybe these are completely different injuries. Maybe it's just coincidental that in the same right leg that was already injured, suddenly Kevin Durant tears his Achilles Probably. That seems to be the fear uh, as we wait the medical diagnosis, which will come later today, the official MRI results. Maybe there is no connection whatsoever between the two. But that seems highly, highly unlikely. And I'm not a doctor, and 99.9% of you out there are not doctors. And even the people who are doctors are probably not an expert in the biochemistry and biomechanics of the leg. But what oftentimes can happen uh, throughout uh, injury history is if you have one injury, your body sometimes will adjust the way that you are carrying yourself to try to take the pain off of that injury, and it can lead to another injury, sometimes more severe than the one you're trying to protect yourself from. So there will be a ton of questions asked, I think fairly, about how good was the Golden State Warrior medical evaluation of Kevin Durant. Did he come back too soon? If he had set out for the remainder of the year, would he have been capable of a full recovery? Or was his Achilles destabilized and injured or some way partially torn and not diagnosed? And it might have revealed itself at some point, even after they thought he was 100% recovered, from the uh, right calf injury. Uh, This also plays in with what is, I think, a difficult decision in general, which is when are players healthy enough to play again and how much do you trust the overall medical evaluation? Having said all that, if you watched Kevin Durant in the first quarter and a half when he was playing, I don't think there's any doubt that if he were healthy, the Golden State Warriors would have won this series in four or five games. That's how much difference he makes on the court. He's the best player in the world right now, playing at an incredibly high level. He opens up the court even more for Steph Curry, even more for uh, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and everybody else on the offensive side of the ball for the Golden State Warriors. And when he's healthy, he's a pretty good defender against uh, spot-up uh, options from uh, from guys like Kawhi Leonard who otherwise uh, aren't able to shoot as easily over Kevin Durant as they would be other players. So to me, this storyline breaks down in so many different directions, but we start with the injury to Kevin Durant, and we have just excruciating audio from Warriors GM Myers after the game. Uh, here are three different segments of his post-game news conference as he is close to breaking down in tears. It's an Achilles injury. I don't know uh, the extent of it. He'll have an MRI tomorrow. Prior to coming back, he went through four weeks with our medical team, and it was thorough, and it was experts, and multiple MRIs, and multiple doctors, um, and we felt good about the process. Uh, He was cleared to play tonight. That was a collaborative decision. Let me tell you something about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant loves to play basketball, and the people that questioned 
whether he wanted to get back to this team were wrong. And I'm not here to... He's one of the... He's one of the most misunderstood people. He's a good teammate. He's a good person. It's not fair. I'm lucky to know him. You know, sports is, um, it's people. Sports is people. I know Kevin takes a lot of uh, hits sometimes, but he, he just wants to play basketball. And right now he can't. Basketball has gotten him through his life. I don't know that we can all understand how much it means to him. He just wants to play basketball with his teammates and um, compete. So a lot of tough audio there as the uh, as the Golden State Warriors come to grips with uh, not only Kevin Durant's injury, which they've been dealing with for the last month, but the question of whether or not Kevin Durant should have ever been on the basketball court. And I think probably there will be further information that comes out uh, surrounding his medical care and the evaluation and the decision to put him back on the court. Uh it seemed to me that there was a lot of aggressiveness from the Raptors at Kevin Durant. Now, the way he injured himself, it was a non-contact injury. He was just trying to make a move, and the leg just went. Uh, but prior to that, there had been, I think, a pretty physical setup against Kevin Durant. A lot of grabbing, a lot of bumping him, uh, coming off curls, everything else. Uh, and his leg had seemed to hold up fairly decently um and uh man i mean this is just uh utterly devastating not just for the warriors but for the league and i think by far the number one overall story and is kevin durant and what exactly happened to him uh now uh let's go to the actual game itself kevin durant came in and he made an immediate difference this was the first shot he attempted i think we have audio for it Curry outside, driving again, throws it out to Durant. Durant for three, it's up and good. KD rattles home his first shot. Let's go into some of the highlights from the game itself. The Warriors hold on, win by one. Uh, Here is what it sounded like when uh, the injury happened on the radio. Durant goes to work, ball knocked away, Durant's hurt, he's hurt, he's hobbling off Uh on the break, Ibaka goes up and got fouled by Livingston. He's holding his right leg. Yep. And it looks like in the same place. I don't want to speculate. People are cheering an injury. It's not good. Timeout Warriors. Kevin Durant gets up and he is limping badly. And people are cheering. Really? That's what you're doing? It's an ugly moment for the city of Toronto. I mean, for their sports fan base. Now, to their credit, uh, I think it was, uh, we had a couple of guys, Danny Green, and Kyle Lowry telling the fans to stop cheering. And I can understand in some, you know, quick moment where they think, oh, Kevin Durant is injured. This means we're going to win the championship. But I think the entire city of Toronto would probably like a do-over there. Uh, it was a, uh, a bad look. I really think that. I mean, I think it's a bad look for the city of Toronto, uh, a city that likes to argue it's, uh, it's one of the uh, – classiest places to live anywhere in North America. Um, it's a bad look. Reminds me of, uh, of honestly, if you remember back in the day when the uh, Philadelphia F- uh, Eagles fans cheered Michael Irvin uh, when he got carted off the field. If you remember that back in the day in the old vet stadium. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you get, a, you get a star player injured and you're, I mean, that's not one or two people. I mean, you listen to that audio. That's a lot of people who were cheering when Kevin Durant went down with an injury. Now, uh, to be fair a little bit to Raptors fans as well, I think 
the cheering probably motivated by people thinking, oh, he re-injured his calf, which is a little bit different in terms of severity, i.e. much different than he tore his Achilles tendon and he's going to be out for a year. Still a really bad look. Um, and, uh, and, and I think the city of Toronto uh, will come in for substantial amounts of criticism for the decision of thousands of fans there. It's not 10 people who were deciding to make noise. I mean, that's the majority of the arena uh, cheering as Kevin Durant goes down and then gets up hobbling uh, like he was. So the Warriors have control of this game for much of the entire contest. In fact, uh, everything is looking good for them. And then Kawhi Leonard goes off, scores 10 straight points. The uh, Toronto Raptors take a six-point lead. And then with the ball up six with a little bit over three minutes to play, Nick Nurse takes a timeout because he doesn't want uh, that timeout to be lost. He wants to give his guys a chance to get a breather. And it seemed to give the Warriors an opportunity to kind of reset themselves. So what happens down the stretch, back-to-back-to-back threes, uh, for Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson again. And I think we have some of the audio of those threes, and here's what it sounded like. The Warriors not going without a fight. Iguodala takes a handoff from Draymond to Curry. Curry takes a three, it's up, and good! Curry has tied the game at 103 with 119 to go. Curry behind the back, dribbles baseline, beats Iguodala, touch pass Draymond to Clay Thompson, pump fake, flyby, three ball, got it! 56.6 to go, Warriors back up by three, Toronto calls time. This game is absolutely insane. And then look, uh, I thought that the, uh, that the Toronto Raptors got two incredibly fortunate plays. Uh, first of all, you had the backcourt violation by Draymond Green, when it appeared that the uh, Warriors were in really good shape. I think they were up three with under a minute to play, and they could have run it down to uh, where there was only 15 or so seconds left, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, They get the backcourt on Draymond Green. Kyle Lowry comes down, shoots a layup, and cuts it to one. And then I thought, I can't believe they called this. They called a, a legal screen offensive foul on DeMarcus Cousins with uh, on the final possession, trying to clear up some space for Steph. And then uh, as a result, it comes down to this. The Warriors play great defense, run two guys at, uh, at Kawhi Leonard, force him to pass the basketball. Eventually, the ball gets uh, thrown into the corner. Kyle Lowry has what appears to be an open three. Draymond Green rotates. This is what it sounded like live on the Warriors radio network. Van Vliet will take it up the floor. Van Vliet down to 12 seconds, 10 seconds. Waiting for Leonard. Leonard catches it on the logo, steps out. Guarded by Clay Thompson, six seconds with five seconds. Leonard right side stops, feeds Van Vliet. Van Vliet, one dribble, get the corner. Lowry, it's blocked by Draymond. The game's over. The game's over. The game is over. The Warriors have won. 106-105. Keep the lights on it, Oracle. Dust those seats off. That old Barnes got one more dance. Now, here's the challenge in general. Uh, Game six headed back to the Bay Area. uh, And I feel like the Warriors have a decent chance to win that game. And I feel like they have a decent chance to win game seven. The challenge they're going to run into is they can't score points. I mean, really, if you look at the difference between this team with Kevin Durant on the floor against the Raptors and without him, they scored and came out hot and were on a roll. And I think we're still on a roll when Kevin Durant went out. 
he just opens up so many more offensive weapons for the Warriors because there's multiple people uh, who can score instead of just Clay and Steph. You've got Durant. Right now, the Warriors don't have a third scorer, and that's a challenge both in Game 6 and Game 7 because it basically means that Clay and Steph have to be on fire. And even if they're on fire, there's not that guy who can elevate his game and get you 20 points. Uh, I think other than those two, the highest scoring player so far in the series is 17 points, and that was Draymond in game one, if I'm not mistaken, when he made a couple of extra threes that really didn't matter. But look at it. Point total, 34 in the first quarter with Kevin Durant. 28 in the second quarter when Kevin Durant got hurt. Can probably add it would have been over 30 if Durant doesn't get hurt. Third quarter, 22. Fourth quarter, 22. Only 44 total points for the Warriors in the second half. They just don't have the horses on the offensive side of the ball. Doesn't mean they might not win, but game six and game seven, offensively, I just don't feel like the Warriors have the offensive uh, firepower to be able to win this game. We'll obviously talk about that a lot uh, as we continue to break down what was a season-in-a-game type event last night in Toronto. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! 
What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be I feel like in many respects, last night's game was a season in 48 minutes because you could see, and I'm going to kind of run through these different threads, when Kevin Durant came back, I don't think there's a single person out there listening right now who didn't think immediately based on the way the Warriors looked in that first quarter and into the second quarter when he was playing, my God, this team is infinitely better with Kevin Durant. And they would have easily won in four or five games this series if they had Kevin Durant. I really do firmly believe that. And so this can put to rest forever the argument of the Warriors are better without Kevin Durant. Uh, That is a ludicrous argument. I I think that in certain matchup situations, maybe the Portland Trailblazers is the perfect example of that. The Warriors can play better without Kevin Durant because uh, for a particular matchup in a series, maybe it makes sense. But Kevin Durant's probably the best player in the world, right? And I I think probably just in terms of raw basketball ability, and you saw that in the first quarter. So we go from, man, Kevin Durant is back. And I, I told you guys yesterday, I loved the idea that Kevin Durant could be the MVP of this series. And I think if Kevin Durant had stayed healthy, The Warriors go on and win game five, and they might well have won game five going away by 10 or 15 points. Then they would have gone back to Oracle. They would have won game seven. And I still feel, by the way, like the Warriors will win game seven, game six in Oracle and force a game seven. And I think the the Warriors, with a healthy Kevin Durant, even coming off of this injury, even if he could only give them, let's say, 26, 28 minutes a game, I think they would have won this series. Now, I just don't know that they have the horses to be able to go out and win uh, the series overall. So, now the question becomes, though, 
outside of the series, like I, I think who wins the NBA championship this year is almost a subplot because uh, the, the, the story here is going to be and continue to be unpacked. Did Kevin Durant come back too early? What did the Warriors doctors uncover? What kind of errors did they make, if any, in their diagnosis? Because the argument that this is entirely unrelated to the right calf injury, that is potentially the right Achilles tear. And, and hopefully, by the way, maybe this is not a full tear. Maybe this is uh, may, maybe they, they did not get the full Achilles tendon tear, even though my understanding is most doctors can test for the Achilles tendon pretty well without the uh, without the MRI and have a very good sense for what the actual injury is, uh, even without needing to get the MRI, although we'll get official word later today. But what happens at NBA free agency? Where Kevin Durant was going to go, alongside where Kawhi Leonard was going to go, was the number one overall story of the NBA postseason uh, coming up. And it was massive, not just for this year, but for the next several years. The Knicks cleared the decks to try to make space for Kevin Durant. So did the Brooklyn Nets. So on some level did uh, a variety of other teams all over the NBA trying to put themselves into a position to uh, compete for him. And now I think probably he spends a year rehabbing and re-ups with the Golden State Warriors, maybe. And we'll talk about this at the top of hour two. Maybe if you're Kevin Durant, you go ahead and sign a multi-year deal with a max extension that you can get from the Golden State Warriors to try to take care of yourself in the event you don't come back fully healthy. This also is a major hit for the Golden State Warriors as they try to rebuild uh, with a lot of older guys on their roster. What do they decide to do? Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios bring in the crew now i also want to open up the phone lines 877-996-6369 and request a specific type of caller and i can't believe like you never know maybe we have somebody out there who is an expert in the achilles tendon who is a doctor on his way to work this morning or her way her way to work this morning don't want to be sexist there if you are an expert in the achilles tendon or an injury the likes of which Kevin Durant just had. I only want you to call. Tossing this out there. This is a big doctor question. Rare we come in and we got... it's a, The doctor would be the star of the show. But uh, this is such a huge story as it relates to Kevin Durant's injury. 877-996-6369. We're on Nationwide. A lot of doctors up early in the morning on their way into work uh, to do their uh, their practice. If you are a doctor and you are familiar with Achilles tendon injuries or you have treated these before, uh, I am just curious. I'd be interested in walking through with a doctor the decision that the Warriors had to make and how difficult it can be to make a decision like this uh, with the uh, circumstances and evidence that were in play in this situation. So, Dub, man the phones. I only want doctors. I don't want you if you think you you know spent the night at the Holiday Inn Express last night and you're trying to break down uh, and and pretend to be a doctor, but actual doctors, um, I would be curious to hear from you guys about this injury. Uh, but I want to bring in the crew now, and by the way, we'll be joined by Petros Papadakis in hour three. But what is the biggest storyline here? Is it the NBA Finals, or do you feel like me, at least in the wake of Game 5, that the NBA Finals almost don't matter at all 
And the bigger story is Kevin Durant, NBA free agency, and looking ahead as opposed to just looking ahead to two basketball games, looking ahead to the next year and more. And I think the question is, I mean, what does Kevin Durant do? He probably can do a one-year deal. But then is, I mean, is he good enough that somebody is going to sign him to a four-year or five-year or whatever he wants max deal coming off of an Achilles injury if he doesn't play all of next year? Is the smart decision, honestly, and I don't know the answer, uh, to go ahead and re-up now with the Golden State Warriors on a multi-year contract, not consider going anywhere else, rehab all next season, and hope to be better in the 2020-2021 season. And, I mean, we saw this with, and the reason why I'm asking this is we saw with DeMarcus Cousins. Now, he's a big man, but Durant is seven feet tall. But DeMarcus Cousins didn't have a large uh, number of people that wanted to sign him in the wake of his injury, and he ends up taking less money to go play with the Golden State Warriors. And now, obviously, he's injured himself again. But is it possible that Kevin Durant it could make sense for him now to sign a multi-year extension with the Golden State Warriors because maybe that market's not as not as robust as we would think. Maybe there are teams that would sign him to a four or five year, you know, 30 plus million dollar contract outside of the Warriors. Uh, but I think right now in the way that his injury has happened, the Warriors kind of have to give him a max contract. That's the way that I would think from just a pure decency perspective given that he came back. Now, he could certainly sign a one-year extension and rehab himself and not play. But I wonder, from a pure business perspective, is the play to go ahead and sign a multi-year extension now with the Warriors? Uh, Because how many teams are really going to roll out the red carpet for Kevin Durant when he's coming off of an Achilles injury? I mean, to me, that's that's by far the biggest uh, question out there. Danny G, are you with me? Or are you more interested in the series? Or are you more interested in the Durant story? There's a lot of layers to what's happening. You could talk about this probably for four or five hours today. There's so many different storylines. I think you're right. The MRI is looming because first we need to find out just how serious everybody's assuming it's worse than a sprain, which would be a tear. And the original injury, Clay, was that more an Achilles than a quad? Because remember when it first happened, you and other hosts on Fox Sports Radio were wondering why was he reaching where he was on his leg because it seemed more like an Achilles injury at the start of all of this. Yeah, which makes it makes you wonder, was there a partial tear that the MRIs were not picking up? Yeah. Uh, and again, that's where, from a doctor perspective, I don't believe. I understand there are some people out there who are going to buy into, oh, the warrior doctors are like Bud Kilmer you know, back in the <laughs> Varsity Blues day. They're going to do whatever they have to to get Kevin Durant out on the court. I don't buy that for a second, right? I I believe that they went through all of the procedures and everything else, and they thought that Kevin Durant was able to play. Yep. And I think the question that will be asked is, to what extent was this a low-probability event that happened to to occur? And, And again, I think a lot of times sports fans and Americans in general don't understand probability that well, right? And if you put it in the context of rain... Uh, you know, you can say, hey, there's a 10% chance of it raining. 
And if it rains, people are like, oh, my God, the weatherman got it wrong. Well, no, the weatherman you know, looked at all the details and said there's about a 10% chance it'll rain. This, this happens all the time with, uh, with the Donald Trump thing, right? Like people love to say, oh, the pollsters and the prognosticators had no clue, you know, Donald Trump won. Well, sometimes the, the upset happens, right? I mean, sometimes the team that is a 20-point underdog pulls off the upset. It doesn't mean that they are better there is a low probability of that event happening. And so I wonder if we had the doctors on with the Golden State Warriors prior to Kevin Durant getting injured, would they have said, hey, you know, the odds of Kevin Durant having an Achilles injury in this game are one in 5,000? Or would it, you know, you don't know what the odds of an Achilles injury for any given player on any given game are. It's probable that if you played 20,000 games, maybe it's such that the likelihood is every game there's a one in 20,000 chance that somebody tears their Achilles tendon. And this just happened to occur. I think for most people, including me, it's hard to believe that the right uh, calf injury was not connected to the injury that occurred with Kevin Durant. That these were not two completely uh, unconnected events. Although, uh, again, from a medical perspective, it is just a total mess. Yeah, and you know who was pushed out there? Kevon Looney was the one getting needles in the locker room. Talk about playing injured. He gave the Warriors some good minutes, and you could clearly see that pain on his face. Uh, If you've ever had a fractured collarbone before, I cannot imagine playing in the NBA Finals with that sort of injury. So I think you're right there. I think Looney was the one who probably shouldn't have been out there at all. But Kevin Durant had multiple doctors look at this thing. But I think the storyline now is going to move to the Splash Brothers. The way they ended that game, they are the scoring now that the Warriors are going to have to depend on. Oakland gets one last game. And I know that's what the Bay Area was hoping and praying for. That way, Oracle could go out on a high note rather than leaving with that L. I don't see Golden State losing three home games in the same series. Yeah, I just don't care. And maybe by Thursday I will. I'll care about the uh, game six of this series. But to me, the Kevin Durant injury overshadows in such a massive way uh, this game. And and I think even if the Raptors had gone out in the rest of this series, even if the Raptors had gone out and won the title, I still feel like the story would be the Kevin Durant injury uh, irrespective of the fact that the, the the NBA season would have ended. Dub, are you with me? Do you feel like this uh, this situation with Kevin Durant overshadows almost entirely the uh, the NBA Finals? Yeah, it does. And, man, that just really sucked last night to see happening live because, I mean, you know exactly what happened as soon as it happened. It looked so similar to his last injury, and you, and you knew immediately, regardless of what the diagnosis was, that he's not coming back this series. But, yeah, to me, it's the what-if factor. I mean, it, it's going to take years to look back on this and see the real effect of this injury and, and what it has on the NBA going forward because this offseason we were all looking forward to, you know, the drama of free agency, and that balloon just kind of bursted last night with this Kevin Durant injury. I think it's also – you talk about the years ahead, the future. I, I think people are going to point – athletes are going to point to the Kevin Durant injury – and say, you know what, uh, I'm going to be super uh, even more, uh, you know, like uh, taking care of my body and not taking risks, right? Because I, I think people are going to point to this and say, whatever happened for Kevin Durant, he came on the court for 11 minutes. If he had just set out game five and the Warriors go on and lose and he rehabs again for another couple of months and continues to work himself back, 
would this situation, this injury still have occurred down the line or would he have never had to deal with an Achilles tendon injury? And did you look up, Dub, about the uh, the contract situation? I mean, I think this is a big decision that Durant has to make because, we again, Kevin Durant is a phenomenal player. Are there a lot of teams out there that might be willing to sign Kevin Durant to a max contract deal, even coming off of an Achilles injury and even having to sit out for an entire offseason? For instance, would the Knicks sign Kevin Durant and have him sit in rehab in New York for multiple, for potentially a year, a year and a half till he comes back and he's maybe the same player that he was before, hopefully? Or is it more likely that there would be a lot of people who would say, you know what, I can't give $100 million plus to a guy coming off of an Achilles tendon injury In which case, maybe Kevin Durant's only option is to re-up for multiple years with the Golden State Warriors. Purely from a business and financial perspective, this is a massive story. uh, Because the expectation was that Kevin Durant and his decision would drive, alongside of Kawhi Leonard, much of the storylines for the NBA, not just in the offseason, but for the next couple of years, several years, as he made a choice about what he was going to do. Uh, I think now the most likely outcome is he re-ups with uh, the Warriors for at least one year, rehabs, doesn't play all of next year. And by the way, do you think there's any way the Golden State Warriors doctors want to even bring back Kevin Durant uh, coming off of an Achilles tendon tear now? Uh, Because, man, when he takes the court for the first several games, how nervous are they going to be about when the appropriate time to bring him back is going to be? So from a, did you look into that contract situation, Dub? Yeah, so he has a player option next year for thirty-one and a half million dollars, and you gotta—I mean, you gotta think he's just gonna take that for finish out his last year in Golden State with a thirty-one-five, and then after that, he'll just be an unrestricted free agent, able to sign with anybody. And if the Warriors are willing, they'd be able to give him the most money with a supermax deal. And I mean, I think the question will be how much demand will Kevin Durant find in the marketplace coming off of assuming he has this Achilles t- uh, tendon tear coming off of an injury that severe compared to what he would have found if he had just completely rehabbed himself and come back. Uh, I, I think there are so many different questions that are that are out here about this. Um, Eddie Garcia, I mean, are you with us that you're more interested almost in, uh, in the Kevin Durant story than you are in the actual NBA Finals? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. You're talking about the future of one of the greatest players in the NBA right now. Will he ever be the same? And as you just brought up, I, I'm curious if this could turn into a Kawhi Leonard situation where Kawhi, of course, didn't trust the doctors in San Antonio, ended up uh, basically not playing and getting traded. Does Kevin Durant end up not trusting the Golden State Warriors medical staff and how that factors into whether he resigns with Golden State or not? I always thought he was going to stay with the Warriors and resign with them. Now, I mean, there's so many questions now. I don't I don't know how it goes, how it's going to play out. Yeah, and look, I mean, the Warriors looking ahead have a chance to win Game 6 and Game 7, but they've got to remake their entire roster kind of on the fly now because I think regardless of what you think uh, on the basketball court, this team does not have enough offensive firepower without Kevin Durant. I mean, they can't score. Well, last week you were all in on Steph Curry, though. Has that changed in your mind? No, I still think Steph Curry is a phenomenal player, but I think if you've watched the way this thing has shaken out, you watched Game 3, and you watched Game 4, and now you've watched Game 5, the storyline to me here is there just it isn't enough offensive firepower right now for the for the Warriors to get past. And it might only be they don't have enough offensive firepower to get past the top two or three teams, right? 
Uh, I would like to know what would have happened in that series against the Houston Rockets if uh, if they'd had to play multiple games without Kevin Durant as opposed to coming back and winning game six and playing kind of phenomenally well and making a lot of shots. I, I don't think the Warriors have the firepower to contend for a championship. As good as Steph Curry is, uh, if you run at him, and and again, I'm talking about the regular season through the playoffs. Remember, I think one reason Steph Curry has the uh, right now the wherewithal and mental stamina and and physical fortitude is because he had Kevin Durant during the regular season. Um, Steph, I think, exhausts an awful lot of energy the way he plays the game. I do think that having three days now for each of the next two games helps with him, and maybe he can come out. But remember, the guy scored 47 points. And the Warriors lost. Now, that was without Klay Thompson. But I think the difference between the Warriors with Kevin Durant on the floor against the Toronto Raptors was seismic for anybody who watched that first quarter. They're a different team. They scored 34 in the first quarter. They scored 28 in the second quarter with a partial Kevin Durant uh, uh, appearance. They could only muster 44 points in the second half. I think ultimately the Toronto Raptors have more better depth in terms of scoring the basketball, and that's why I would still make the Raptors the favorites, uh, even though I think, obviously, this is a devastating loss. It wouldn't stun me if the Raptors went back to Oracle when they're third in a row on the road, or certainly if they won Game 7. I think the wild card here, if you're just looking at the game itself, is what is the psychology of the Toronto Raptors? Do they feel like they gave away Game 5? Are they a mentally fragile team? Would they be able to play really well in Game 7 with all the pressure on them? Uh, because I think that's what's likely to happen. I think we got a couple of doctors on hold. I put out an APB for doctors because I was curious if we could get uh, feedback from you guys. Dub, who should we go to first? Let's go to Kevin. He's a doctor at the University of Florida. Uh, Kevin, you're at the University of Florida. How much time, if at all, have you spent diagnosing and dealing with Achilles tendon tears? Yeah, at least 15 years at this point. All right, well, that's pretty, that's pretty detailed. So were you watching this game last night? Yes, I was. Okay, so what from a medical perspective, what did you see uh, and, and, and what kind of uh, assessment would you give based on what you saw? It certainly looked as if you know, when he stepped down with his right foot, there was kind of this, we call eccentric, where the, the muscle tightens but also lengthens while he's pushing off. And there's, there's a slow motion video you can see of something giving way. And, and, and that's usually a telltale sign of the era of the Achilles rupturing. So, you know, I had a high suspicion at the time that that was likelihood. I think they know. Usually, you you know, you know right away when somebody ruptures their Achilles. It's pretty pretty obvious. We have tests we can do to, in the uh, training room to, to make that diagnosis. The MRI is just more confirmatory. It doesn't really change anything. I, I'm willing to bet if he's got it, that they all know that he's got it, and they're already kind of making plans. So that would be a relatively easy thing from a doctor perspective to be able to test as opposed to something maybe in the interior of the knee where you need the MRI to be certain the Achilles tendon is generally something that you can diagnose in a training room? Correct. Uh, So now the other question people are asking is the right calf injury. Uh, To you, are these things likely to be connected or uh, is this an independent event in terms of the way that he would have injured himself? Yeah, I think they're definitely connected. It, it all depends on what exactly the right calf injury was. If it was purely a muscle injury, like all of us who have pulled a hamstring or strained a hamstring, you know, the, you know, your risk of re-injuring that if you come back too soon is very high. You get some scar tissue there. You have it worked through your your return to sport. 
Um, but if it was an injury where the muscle and the tendon kind of meet, we call that the, the musculotendon disjunction, um, then that's at high risk for, for getting worse and actually rupturing. So it all depends on where the initial injury was. If it was a musculotendinous injury, um, then him going back when that hadn't fully healed, he without question is at risk for rupture. What do you think the doctors felt like when they saw this happen live on television? Uh, terrible. That had to be a very horrific feeling. I mean, you know, I think the the lay perception is it's uh, you know it's all fun and games, great being the team position, but you're in a situation like that. Everything you've done, in your training, in your career is now under a microscope, and then that's just a bad a bad situation to be in. In your experience, it would be, I imagine, very uncommon for a doctor to give advice to an athlete or any individual to come back and put themselves at further risk. Do you think the Warriors, using all the information that they had, their team doctors, thought that he was okay to go? Uh, how much pressure do you think they felt here? You know, I, I, certainly there's pressure to put somebody out there. Uh, I, I don't think there's necessarily pressure, especially at the highest level when these guys have so much money um, that they're capable of making. I, I don't think there's quite the pressure to get them back out there as there may be at, at lower levels where really all they kind of matter is wins and losses. I mean, I think professional level is a lot different. They have agents and they have all these different people. But everything we do is a risk-benefit. And, and I'm sure they, they looked at the scans, they looked at his progression, they looked at how he was doing with his rehab, and then they laid out, I, I would hope they laid out the pros and cons with him and Gave him an idea that hey, there is a risk. That this is what we think the risk is, and and then let him make an informed decision along with everyone to say, yeah, we're willing to give it a try. I I, I don't think I would be highly suspicious, and I would not expect the team to put them in a situation where they felt they had to put him out there when he was at high risk for this to happen. Geico Outkick Studios. We got a doctor down at the University of Florida helping to break down the Kevin Durant injury. A couple of questions for you. I appreciate you waiting through the commercial break for us. Um, what is the uh, likelihood that Kevin Durant can come back 100% eventually to the same player that he was before? Seven-foot guy, 31 years old. What have you seen in your practice treating people? What is his prognosis going forward? Yeah, the, the Achilles... Uh, and the patellar tendon are probably the worst injuries you can have as a professional athlete. Most studies have looked at for term sport, most universally are the worst injuries you can have. The thing with the Achilles is it typically happens in somebody in the towards the back end of their career. You look at Toby Bryant, uh, Marcus Cousins, you look at these guys are a little bit older, you know, the Achilles gets worn down when there's been some ruptures. And so the return to 100% um, is compared to other injuries, is much lower. I, I would put it, unfortunately, 50% or less, given what he has to do at his size, his reliance on being explosive and all those things. It's just just a bad combination that his sport, what he does, and to have that injury, unfortunately. Is this the kind, and the last question for you, and I appreciate this, is this the kind of thing that is a gradual process? And even if he had come back with a fully healthy right calf, was he trending towards, in your mind, having seen this injury, something like this happening? Or is this almost entirely, in your mind, a connection to the right calf injury? Like, how would you break down the connection between these two? Is this something that would have likely happened two years from now at some point down the line, or do we have any clue? Yeah, usually most people who rupture the Achilles, they have some preceding issues, you know, recurrent tendonitis, 
things like that where you, you know, you've got some pain, you get treatment, and over time the Achilles, the tendon itself just is not as healthy. So I, he may have his, had a history of recurrent issues. But when you throw off the mechanics, you know, assuming, let's say, he just had a muscle injury, you throw off the mechanics, you maybe decondition a little bit over four weeks, um, and then you throw get back into the highest level with that kind of pressure, um, you know, certainly there is a risk of that combination of, of all those factors for sure. How long typically would it be till he would be able to return to game action uh, with an injury like this? Is this a full year? Is it, he said, like, what, what have you typically seen in your practice? For what he does, I, I would say six months to a year. Typically it's around six months to try to get them back to, to sport. I mean, look at some of the famous cases out there. Terrell Suggs was back at like four or five months. So there are cases of people getting back quicker, but, you know, for a seven foot athlete on the hardwood, you know, jumping and all the stuff that he has to do with basketball, I, I would suspect a minimum six months, more than likely closer to a year. I mean, it just takes, it takes a long time to come back from this kind of injury. Outstanding stuff. I appreciate you calling in and giving us all of this information. Uh, that was pretty outstanding. Danny G, you've got uh, his contact there. He reached out to you on Twitter. I didn't realize who it was. It was the Florida Gator team orthopedic uh, physician. So I think that was a very illuminating little bit of info that he gave us there uh, as we talked to him for several minutes about the Achilles injury. Yeah, very cool. He reached out on Twitter and he gave me his contact info. So if we should ever need him again on the show, he's right there for us. Yeah, because I think, again, that is the number one story coming out of this game, notwithstanding the fact that we now have a game six in Oracle and we have a game seven potentially coming back to Toronto. My thanks, by the way, to Dan Wetzel in hour one. Also, we're going to be joined by uh, Petros Papadakis uh, is scheduled to join us coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerackcom the way tire buying should be Petros, were you watching last night when KD went down? I was. I did. I saw it live and uh, felt bad for him. I don't know if I'd have the funeral procession cavalcade that you're having this morning, but yes, I certainly felt bad about the situation. Nobody likes to see anybody get hurt, and when it's an elite, elite athlete who's been struggling with something, of course a lot of fur is going to fly after that guy goes down, so... Yeah, I watched it. I thought it was unfortunate. What I was really shocked about, and it's more of a Clay Travis-like critique, but it's really one of the confounding or great things or terrible things about Twitter is just that close-up of the calf and the snapping of the Achilles, apparently, or whatever it was, that you saw. You don't see a lot of that. Like Over the years, we haven't like had double HD... 100 cameras on the floor till we could really study an injury like that. And that was pretty amazing, horrifying, but also kind of fascinating. So how much of this do you think the story continues to develop about whether he should have ever been on the court at all? I mean, you played uh, and have had severe injuries uh, during your time at USC. 
I feel like the doctors in many ways here are kind of in an untenable position because their goal is to get the guys back as fast as they can. And then everything is a function of probability, right? Uh, trying to determine when is uh, there. There's obviously risk in every single athletic endeavor. When is the risk too severe versus the risk uh, acceptable? I mean, this is a real challenge in general, right? Well, you don't want to just dismiss it, right? I remember Pete Carroll did that once on our show regarding something a long time ago, and it really pissed me off. It was something like, well, you know, you can get hurt just walking across the street. Right. And uh, like you said, the probability involved is a lot different. But at the same time, and I've always said this uh, in kind of uh, defense of all the things that I put myself through as a football player, players play. You know, you want to play. When you're a player, you want to play. And when you're the number one player in the world, or, or arguably, and your team's in the NBA Finals, you want to play even more. So I don't, I don't really put a lot of stock into the who's to blame. Did they know? Obviously, if they thought his Achilles was on the, was on the cusp of going, no one was going to put him out there. Nobody thought that. Otherwise, he wouldn't be out there on the court. It wasn't an Achilles injury. That's what we were told. Now, I'm not a doctor, but I do know this. If you did your Achilles, it's probably not because some freak movement that you made that is unnatural, you know, like the breaking of a leg. Or even sometimes people will do their ACL like that because their knee just bends in a way it's not supposed to due to some kind of accident or something freakish on the court. It's always been my understanding, and maybe you'll have some orthopedist call uh, after I hang up, that if your Achilles, was, uh, if your Achilles goes, it was going to go. And you were going to have to get that surgery and go through it. Uh, and that's always been my understanding of it. So whether or not he should have played or not played, that thing was probably going to go. If it didn't go this year, it was probably going to go next year, if that's what happened. Uh, if he just tore his calf, hey, that's a bad injury, but it's not like an Achilles, I don't think. So the recovery's not as egregious. I feel bad about the situation, but athletes get hurt and players want to play. Does so, that make any sense? Yeah, no, it makes total sense. So for you uh, and for me, and, and I think for everybody out there, Game five almost got overshadowed, right, because of the Kevin Durant injury. Uh, and that might change by the time we get back to Thursday and we get ready for game six and people start to say, okay, who's going to win the NBA Finals? But in the meantime, I mean, Kevin Durant's free agency was a massive seismic story in conjunction with Kawhi and uh, what everybody else who is a free agent is going to do, the Anthony Davis drama, everything else associated with that. It feels like a lot of the air just got taken out of the NBA free agency balloon because it seems likely that Kawhi's going to stay in Toronto. It doesn't seem like there's any way that Kevin Durant's going to play next year. And so he's likely to stay in Golden State. You are in L.A. Uh, where the Clippers and the Lakers are both getting set for free agency. What's the latest that you're hearing? What's the biggest uh, kind of conversation point in uh, surrounding both those teams? Well, the first thing is, People with the Clippers wonder about Kawhi Leonard every day. And yes. Not like it's on the forefront of everybody's mind. I, there's not a lot of Clipper talk in town, even though they're really good. The Kevin Durant thing, if he is hurt, you, you, you might expect him to stay. But I don't know. I really 
I don't really know what that situation. I mean, we don't know if he really did his Achilles. He's 30 years old, so it's not the absolute end of the world. He can he can rehab that and come back and be good. You know, when Kobe did his Achilles, he came back and he just wasn't the same player. But at the same time, he was pretty old. I think he was about four or five years older. Yeah. So, so I, I'm not sure. Uh, how that affects the, the Clippers situation. The Clippers are just kind of in it as a really good-looking franchise right now. But the Anthony Davis drama is interesting because Sham Sharania came out with the information yesterday that he's narrowed it down. He's, he's narrowed it down to the Knicks and the Lakers. And then Adrian Wojnarowski said something about the Lakers. And it's all great, but it's not up to the Knicks or the Lakers or Anthony Davis, you know, where Anthony Davis goes. It's it's up to Griffin and the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, I know he's probably got a better relationship with the Lakers than Del Demps, who got fired, does, but it's still something that needs to be considered. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, the, the general scuttlebutt is the Laker fans still think that everybody wants to be a Laker, at least, you know, probably 50% of them. Nobody knows how that's going to play itself out. And I don't know if there's free, a free agency balloon for air to go out of. I mean, you still got Kemba Walker to follow, right, Clay? <laughs> you, what about the Jimmy Butler and his flat top? Yeah, those are not uh, names that necessarily move the needle in the same way. Uh, we're talking Just remember about- with the Anthony Davis thing, it's up to the Pelicans where he goes. And... Yeah. It worked for Paul George the one year he ended up staying in OKC. It looks like it's working in the Kawhi Leonard situation. Unless it's not, he's he's a pretty interesting guy, obviously. So I I, I don't I don't really know, but uh, but teams aren't scared to trade for a guy and then see what happens because it's worked so well. Well, it's worked for OKC, not with victories, but here you see what's going on with Toronto victories in the playoffs, I should say. Toronto's on the cusp of winning a title. What do you think about uh, Toronto Raptor fans cheering when uh, when Kevin Durant went down? It's going to be a big topic. Was it classy? Uh, I think bloodlust in a certain way. I don't think anybody was sitting there thinking that, that this guy's going to have to have surgery and he's going to be in a hospital for two weeks and this old stuff. But I think that I think that there was a little bloodlust in the moment. I, I I think it obviously was a bad look. I don't think people should overreact. I I was watching a Carl, Chicago Bears game once, and Mike Tomzak was their quarterback, if you can believe oh, that. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, he was back up for Jim McMahon. Yeah, and he got hurt at home, and the crowd cheered. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't playing well. So, you know, I mean, we I don't know if because they, they get to pay. I mean, that was the highest – ticket price for an NBA Finals in, in the history of the NBA Finals. So maybe you feel like, hey, I I paid $10,000 for these seats. I'm going to do whatever I want. Or maybe we expect rich people to be cooler. But I thought it was classy of Kyle Lowry and the other Raptors to quiet the crowd immediately and kind of restore order once everybody figured out what a serious situation it was. But, you know, video games and fantasy sports – they kind of desensitize people towards the athletes being human. And we live day-to-day with so much. You know, the thing that really really blows me away about just the NBA in general 
and we see it seeping into the football world and stuff with the Aaron Rodgers situation and Green Bay. And there's so much social media drama and so much daily uh, 24-hour news cycle BS about all these guys and their relationships, you know, on these basketball teams, all these little videos about, you know, this and that, and was this guy turning his back on that guy, the whole KD, Draymond, Green thing. It's amazing to me that these guys can coexist and practice together and go out and perform at a high level amidst all this drama. Do you know what I mean? This Yeah, there's a lot of noise all the time. Just constant, constant buzz. And it's amazing to me that that is modern-day athletics, you know, as opposed to we're going to go out as a team together and get this done. I guess it still exists, but it exists in the in the midst of all of this just crazy buzz. And, it, it, you know, that's... That's come out of the situation with the crowd going all, going all uh, Roman Empire for a couple seconds there, and uh, and the crazy situation with all the free agency. Every single year, it's like we care more about what's going to happen in the summer. We want to get the finals over with, so we can figure out where everybody's going to go and who's going to get traded. It's it's stupid. What do you think the Lakers and the Clippers would do if Kawhi's represented? Sorry, not Kawhi, because I think that's an easy call. But if Kevin Durant's representatives called them and said, hey, KD decided that he wants to come to L.A., he's going to have to rehab. Let's presume that he has a torn Achilles. Are they willing? You mentioned what happened with Kobe, uh, and obviously Durant's going to turn 31 in September, so he's still a lot younger, but he's probably going to have to sit out this entire year. Do you think either of the L.A. franchises would be willing to take that risk on Kevin Durant coming off of an Achilles injury to sign him? Uh, yes. if they had that option. You think they would? Yes. For the Clippers, it would be, obviously, it's a new day for the Clippers. They have a very popular owner that people want to work for in the front office, that they pay a lot of people that are very good, and people want to play for uh, Doc Rivers. So the Clippers, it's a new day already, but it would be, a gigantic boon if they that would be the biggest free agent that it would ever that would be the only free agent that ever really decided to come to play for the Clippers that would be a, a new day rising for the Clippers uh, to quote Bob Mould but the Lakers are in such a bad way not that Kevin Durant he said he wouldn't play for the Lakers but and LeBron is already there so it's kind of a but I think the Lakers are in such a shambles they'd take anybody at this point even though it looks like their front office is shaping up a little bit better I mean I haven't heard any bad news or anything about the Lakers in like a week and a half well I mean, that's huge yeah that is huge yeah uh, so they're doing a great job next stop they're getting Anthony Davis so maybe they don't they're not worried about it but I think neither I don't think Anybody is in a position to turn down Kevin Durant as a free agent, even with uh, a torn Achilles. There's a good chance, based on Adrian Rogerowski's most recent report, that the Anthony Davis situation resolves itself next week, potentially, right? Because they said they want to get everything done, the Pelicans did, and that they want to have the opportunity, if they're going to get draft picks, to try to figure out exactly who they're going to take and how that situation is going to play itself out. Do you think right now that the Lakers will end up with Anthony Davis? Yes. You were betting you would take those odds, yes. Yes. 
yes. I think it was, uh, I think that cooler heads have prevailed as far as the, the different front offices go, and the Lakers have enough young assets and stuff like that to get a deal done. That would be my guess, just because of the, the David Griffin's involvement and his relationship with LeBron and all that. And then people would start to have faith in the Genie Bus ownership and Rob Palenka and all these sins of the past would be washed away until this current situation became chaos, <laughs> which I would, which I wouldn't doubt that it would, would at some point, just because that's been the way the Lakers have been. But that would be my guess, yeah, with really no other, just a, just a hunch. That's my guess. What do you think happens in Game Six? So th- this is a this is a strange situation, right? I mean, we've been talking for the entire show. I'm not show. a basketball expert, you know. Yeah, I know you're not a basketball, but you're an expert sometimes. And you know, th- this is a rare game where I feel like the Raptors, based on the way they finished that game, they're up six with three minutes to go, and they have the ball, and they lose in regulation. Uh, that's a tough position to find yourself in. You're going back all the way across the country to the Bay Area. Meanwhile, the Golden State Warriors, who for all intents and purposes, if you had told them before the game, hey, Kevin Durant's going to come out and look great in the first quarter, and you're going to win this game, they would have thought, we got game six locked in, we're going back for game seven for a winner-takes-all championship game. Uh, Yet, it felt like almost a funeral-like atmosphere, even in the midst of their win after that. Who gets up? Who plays well? What happens in game six? Psychologically. I think there's going to be a game seven. You think there will be yeah, I think there'll be a Game 7 in Canada, and the narratives and the ratings that you can't stop tweeting about yes. will change. The NBA is going to end up on top with this finals because of all the drama down the stretch, which obviously you never want to see anybody get hurt, but it certainly has been damn compelling uh just the last 24 hours of watching this stuff and talking about it. Yeah, I'm curious to see whether Kevin Durant returning and then the drama of his injury, what happens in terms of whether people tuned in last night to see what actually happened. Petros Papadakis, we will talk to you next week. Yeah, it's just better to actually watch action on the court than it is to stare at Twitter and wait for somebody to get traded. (laughs) Try to remember that this summer, people. I will try to remember that. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.